Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast, connecting you to the leading minds in home improvement to discuss all things marketing and leadership. And now, your host, Kyle Powers. Welcome to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Powers. I'm really excited for today's guest. She's been a friend of mine for many years and is currently the lead gen specialist manager as well as the company recruiter for Hurl's Bath and Home here today to talk all about growth and what does it take to become a great leader in lead gen in the home improvement industry, my friend Tracy Jones. Hello, Tracy. Hi, Kyle. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well also. Hey, really excited to have you on the Lead Gen Leaders podcast today uh, to talk about something um, that I personally like, which is really self-growth and kind of growing uh, in a business. So very much like me, at one point you were brand new to this business. And at this time of the year, a lot of people are kind of reflecting back on this previous year, uh, as well as you know looking forward to the next year and setting goals and things like that. And I just thought it'd be really cool to have someone uh, who I was able to help here and there and, and to talk with from the time you came into this business uh, as an event manager, uh, not being from the business before that, and then uh, kind of your rise, you know, through the ranks to being overall marketing director and recruiter and all sorts of different things you've done in the company. So I welcome you to the show. And uh, could you maybe give a little background uh, to the listeners, Tracy, kind of where you came from before uh, the home improvement industry and kind of where you're at now? Of course, Kyle. First, I want to thank you for having me. I do feel honored to be able to um, be on the Lead Gen Leaders podcast, and it's very exciting. Um, I am Tracy Jones, and I currently work for Hurl's Bath and Home Solutions. Although I'm not from the home improvement world, I started out, um, I actually owned my own business as a nationally accredited family child care. So I have a background in education. All right, which can kind of go over well into uh, leading and in, in teaching marketers how to generate leads. A decent background to start with. And what kind of brought you into this business? Actually, um, I met the owner of the company, Greg. I was a greeter at my church, and Greg came in on a Sunday morning, and I just so happens I greeted him. Hi, welcome to Sunrise. You're a first-time guest. Bagels and coffee are on your left, and the worship service is on your right. I hope you enjoy yourself. And that is what started my career in home improvements. So you engaged him, in other words. I did. <laughs> that's great. That's great. I had never heard that story from you before, so it's awesome to hear that. Um, and so you come into this business, and, and what was it like your first day in this business, kind of understanding what we do in home improvements, replacement contacting, you know, generating leads and all that kind of stuff? What were your initial thoughts? So I came in with the impression that all I needed to do was to know how to talk to people. When I came in my first day back in 2014, I was given a blue binder. And on the inside, the blue binder had a stack of papers, and the very first page said, are you a talented talker? Well, of course I am. But what was I going to do with that? 
I didn't know. I had no clue that that would lead to being um, gathering information to be able to help customers in their home. Right at events, right? Is, is yes, where you at started? events. I, start, I started in events and um, the first week that I started at Hurls, there was a weekend event and I was so excited. Um, I was able to stage the bathroom displays with soaps and towels and loofahs and make everything look all pretty. Um, but I was a little confused because when I unpacked the boxes, there was a stack of $10,000 dream bath makeover sheets, two broken pens, a clipboard, and I was given two senior citizens as a staff and we went to the show. Little did I know when I was there, I was supposed to be gathering names and phone numbers, um, information from potential clients. So that Monday when I got back, um, Greg, the owner, was so excited to hear, you know, how my show went. And I'm like, oh, it went great. I talked to hundreds of people. How many leads did you bring back? And I said, what do you mean? How many, how many leads did you bring back? I said, well, we brought back some. You didn't bring back hundreds. You said you talked to hundreds of people. I said, no, um, was I supposed to? And that led to finding out what exactly I had to do to be able to bring back those hundreds of leads to be able to make the owner happy. Absolutely. Another, another great story of, of what it's kind of like coming from the outside world though, in coming in uh, to this industry. Uh, so that really kind of brings us to uh, what I really wanted to discuss is what does it take coming in that first weekend and having a lot of great conversations, so to say, but not really generating any leads because you didn't really know you had to do that, to going through the ranks and becoming marketing director, overseeing face-to-face -face marketing and call center and stuff like that um, because it Time is, yeah, it takes some time to get there, uh, but that's really the least of it. It is, you know, reaching out to others, you know, going to seminars, uh, you know, using coaches, consultants, all these different things. And I, um, you know, from our pre-call that we talked about. Um, and so I kind of, you know, like to get into what that progression, you know, look like for you. So you go from uh, being a greeter at your church to working a home show and finding out that, oh, I got to generate leads, not just have great conversations. Kind of take me through the next steps uh, of that early growth that you had. So the next steps came with um, a lot of commitment. Um, the owner, Greg, obviously saw something in myself. I knew that I could talk to people and I knew that I could teach because after all, I had taught three and four year olds, how to, you know, their alphabet, their colors, their numbers, their shapes, how to write their name, how to be prepared for school. So I thought if I had the proper teaching and Greg agreed, if I had the proper training, then I would be able to um, bring the team to um, produce exactly what we needed to produce. But again, it was how, how do we do that? How do we engage? So my training started, um, I've trained with you know, Brian Smith um, from the Dave Yoho, Joe Tolman from Dave Yoho, Dave Azer when he was with Dave Yoho. Um, then I met Tony Hody. Um, and I was fortunate enough that Tony and I did a stint of personal one-on-one -on -one coaching. 
And then finally, I was able to meet Tony in person in 2015. And I went to my very first um, lead gen conference. Um, I had no idea what to expect. I um, just knew that I needed to learn. So in between that time, I was reading books, you know, the Guerrilla Marketing Handbook. Tony was giving me different um, suggestions on book, The Purple Cow, you know, Coloring Outside the Lines, Good to Great, you know. I, I was reading and I was pouring into myself because I had to educate myself. Um, but one of the very first things that I learned in 2015 from Tony was I had to, I had to serve and not sell. And I think that was a light bulb that went off in my head because um, even though I had something that the consumer needed, I had to serve them and I had to let them know why, why, why they needed that. Um, so that went to, okay, now I know how, let's make a script. So we learned, I learned how to make a script. And then um, in 2018, um, no, 2017, I was introduced to Megan McGuire. Um, met Megan and Megan mentored me and that was something else that you have to reach out for help um, you have to reach out to people you have to ask questions and I think the most important thing is is um, once you once you feel like you're learning the process you have to make the process work for you and for the company that you work for you have to set the stage for that process it's almost like a performance and then um, once you set the stage and you do what you do and you say what you say and your staff sees, sees you doing that, that makes all the difference in the world. And then you're able to give them the expectations. But you have to be present as well. If you're not present and your staff isn't aware um, that, that you're there or that you're there to help, then your staff's never going to stay connected um, to what the end goal is. And that was what I had to learn. I had to learn that I needed to create the systems and the processes that would work best for, for the company approved by the owner, of course, and then best for my staff. I had to let the staff know that we were the lead generating machines in our company. If there was no lead, then the call center would have no one to call. The salespeople would have no one to see the production department would have no bathrooms to install. It's like a life cycle. So once, once you get your team to, to buy in or believe and they see that it's working, they will follow, but you have to set the stage for that, but it's Absolutely. hard work and it's, de it's determination. And unfortunately with a personality like myself, I am a persuader. Um, later on, since I found out I'm a persuader, but um, what, you what you have to do is you, you have to make it work for not only you, but for your staff, because everyone learns differently. And if it's training four hours a day, and if it's one-on-one -on -one training, it's hard work that you put in, but success does leave clues. Absolutely. You brought up many, many, many points there uh, that I would like to dissect. So the first thing uh, you talked about um, was reading pouring into yes. yourself. Uh, and I remember very early on when I first started getting into, um, you know, reading leadership books, business books, you know, all those, you know, marketing books, all those different kind of books is that, um,
you know, Brian Tracy said, if you just read one hour a day for five years on your industry in that five years, you will become the expert in your industry. Um, and I believe it was Zig Ziglar that said, you know, self-education uh, or maybe Jim Rohn, self-education, uh, you know, will make you a fortune. Regular education will make you a living. Um, and so yeah. it's, it's those things just even, you know, growing in leading yourself, whether you're in a leadership role or not yet, even as a, an entry level person, uh, if you just spend the time reading and growing yourself, eventually you'll become that leader and get into those roles uh, that you want. So hearing, uh, you know, that that worked, you know, for somebody else, because that's kind of how I got through. Uh, I don't have the education background. Uh, definitely didn't have, you know, the background to come into the business and, and, you know, be a leader right away. I came in through the cable industry door to door, um, which brings to the next point that you brought up that you, you know, had these mentors early on um, from Johan Associates to, you know, personal coaching with Tony. I was very fortunate when I came into this industry, uh, the company I came in with had actually hired Tony uh, to recruit a canvassing manager for them. Uh, and then once uh, he recruited somebody, which ended up being myself, uh, you know, he was tasked with coaching and consulting me very much in the same way he did with you. He came out visit for a few days and did some remote coaching and stuff, which really laid the foundation um, to been able to grow and create an elite team at a much faster pace uh, than I would have been able to had I figured it all out on my own. Um, and so one of my other favorite sayings, you know, is standing on the shoulder of giants, you know, you can see, you know, further than them. And so I always look to reach out and, and really get that fast start. Um, and then also, you know, you brought up working with Megan and, and really kind of getting some, you know, mentoring from her, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and we have all since, uh, you included, you know, we bounce ideas uh, off of each other and kind of having that uh you know, peer circle that you can talk with and to grow with and to, um, you know, that was one of the other things that I would say really helped my, you know, myself out was to, you know, have three, four or five different people I could reach out to and say, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Have you done this? What did you run into? You know, those kind of different things. Um, so it sounds like, you know, to, to really grow, it's, it's pretty simple, right? It's pour into yourself uh, you learn the business and then pour into, you know, your staff, because the last point I want to touch on that you brought up, Tracy, was the fact of, you know, that if it works for the company and it works for you, but it doesn't work for your staff, it's probably not going to happen too well. Uh, but when it works for all of those combined, it works really, really well, uh, as well as you brought up kind of leading by example and showing the staff that you do what you talk about. And I say in this business as a new leader on the lead generation side, if you do nothing more than lead by example, you can be successful. Oh, absolutely. And when you have, when you have, um, you know, a consultant, you know, contact the owner of the company and say, you know, Tracy's, you know, she's, you know, hired, hired the people to work, um, but she doesn't know the script. And it's like, you, the owner comes back and says, well, the consultant emailed me and said, you didn't know the script. How do I know a script when I wasn't given a script? So there's when we, there's when I decided that we needed to dissect and we need to know exactly what we were going to do from that point forward. And 
if you're not given the proper tools to do the job, then you can't even expect, you can't expect your staff to do it. So once we were able to, to get that and we were all able to get on board with the methodology and the foundation and exactly where we were going and understand that, yes, Hurl's Bath and Home Solutions is a bathroom company, although we're a lead generation company because without the need and without the lead, we have nothing in the end. Um, and my, my famous, my famous quote is, and it's hanging in the office, um, over at the showroom at, at Hurls and it's success is measured by the obstacles you choose to overcome. I never understood that when I came into the home improvement business, but I totally 100% understand it now. And that is a quote that, um, I will live by simply because I had to understand and I had to overcome a lot of obstacles. And I'm fortunate. Every time I could, I would get on a podcast. I would set aside time on my calendar as focus time. I would find a webinar. I would go on YouTube and I would, I would look at Tony Hody's old event videos. Um, I would ask Megan for an hour call. Um, I was so fortunate to have Marcy from NewPro um, as a contact and a mentor, um, Barry Dyer, um, Kyle, I remember calling you one day about Sam's Club, crying my eyes out because <laughs> Sam's, Club, Sam's Club wanted us to work 10 hours a day. We weren't pulling out 40 hours a lead, you know, 40 leads a month. I was out there standing, working eight to 10 hours a day. I was scripting. I was doing everything possible and I was walking away with the zeros every single day um, and it was so hard and when when the staff and I were working so hard and constantly getting zeros um, it was tough for us so we all had to come back in together and we had to go through and we we had to measure was that a successful program for us does it work for everyone but to, but the most important, we had to make sure everyone was on board to allow the success. We had to make achievable goals. And I felt that the goals that I had set forth at the Sands Club, they were not achievable at all because I was, you know, seeking advice from everybody and input. But I mean, I remember specifically talking to you and, and you said, Tracy, it's a lot of man hours, you know, your marketing costs, you're not getting a, a return on investment maybe Sam's Club isn't for you, your company. And it was probably about 30 days later that um, we determined that Sam's Club was that. It was not for our company. Um, but it was hard to hear because to me, that was a fail. I believed in my team. I let them know that I believed in my team. Um, and it, it was hard. It was hard. Being in a leadership position, it's not easy. Being in a leadership position means that you have to go out and you have to do what they do and you have to say what they say and you have to set that example. Um, and you have to be the one that educates them because they're coming into event marketing just like you did. They don't know, they don't know, but you set the stage for them as a leader and you give them the tools. Without the tools that they need, they won't succeed nor will your event marketing staff succeed. And right now, with COVID, of course, we, we're not having so much as the event marketing staff, but you can pour all of that into your call center staff. You can pour all of that even into your, your inside staff if it's uh, your office personnel. Um, go in every day with a positive attitude. It's all about mindset. 
and how you're going to start and end your day. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, you brought up again, you know, reaching out, you know, to a peer group. And, and I think for the listeners, you know, they might want to kind of understand, hey, how do I how do I create this ne- you know, network of people, you know, to talk to? Um, and I, I think it's kind of doing the things, you know, that you said, getting out and going to um, the, you know, the industry conferences. Uh, Oh, absolutely. The industry conferences has been um, one of the saving graces in my career and home improvement. Um, I will say I was not much of a traveler until I started working in home improvement, but I've been to 11 states. Um, I have magnets to prove it on my refrigerator. (laughs) And um, sometimes it was it was the same lead gen um, conference through Tony Hody. Sometimes it was um, the Accelerate Live down in Florida with the G4 group. Um, it's just been different conferences, but you have to network. You have to meet people. And best of all, you have to ask questions. There is not a wrong or right answer to any question that you ask because home improvement is like spilling a glass of milk. Um, you have a, a great glass of milk and the milk is sitting there and you're getting ready to drink it and you spill it. Home improvements ever changing, just like that milk that you spilled all over that table. It's going to be in a different shape. If you spilled it the same way, every single time, it's always going to be in a different shape. And that's how home improvement is. It's ever changing and it's shape changes. I mean, you have to adapt, um, and being able to adapt in hard times is, um, it's tough. We adapted to COVID. Um, getting, you know, letting go staff, seeing that there was an uptake, bringing staff back, um, seeing the, you know, seeing, you know, business boom, um, seeing that people are in their homes looking at stuff that needs to be done, having your dialers on the phone calling. It might not be pleasant on the other end at all times, but a lot of times if you just listen to the consumer, um, you'll get the information that you need because you're, you're, you're caring, you're, you're serving, you're not selling. And just by listening to people who are, who are home, you know, just watching the news and it's so depressing. If you might be the person that calls and you're the only person that they talk to that day. Right. Absolutely. And I can think of so many great conversations I've had with people that, yeah, it almost just seems like we were the first person that ever cared to really talk to them. You know, if you do the yeah. scripting and you do everything, yep. you know, what you brought up that, that whole serve, not sell mentality. And when you really, you know, show somebody that you're there and you care, um, it just helps the rest of, you know, what we do go that much easier. Um, and so you brought up going to conferences and you also brought up going uh, a couple of times to that same conference. And I know I used to have uh, this talk, you know, with owners before that I had worked for that. Well, geez, you went to, you know, this conference last year, you know, do they really have new information? You know, it, they almost kind of look at it as, you know, are you just trying to get like a vacation, you know, that you get to get away for a few days? And and what I always come up with is, hey, I always you know, there's always something new that I hear and maybe it's not even something new, but now it's something that at this point I was able to understand and implement. Uh, and so it really wasn't new, but it was, you know, now ready for it. Uh, kind of one of those things, you know, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear kind of thing. Um, but what I also always got, uh, with going to those repeated conferences was that, 
um, there was always something that I had stopped doing or forgot about to do with that. Um, and so I always, even if there wasn't anything new, I always had a page of notes going back to something that I was doing, knew how to do, but was leaving a step out. But the thing that I always sold the owners that I worked for on about going to a conference was even if I don't learn anything at this conference, which I always did, but even if I didn't learn anything at this conference, the networking opportunity I have the to talk with other people in the industry that are having the same, you know, same wins and same losses that I'm having and can create that network of somebody to be able to call, you know, when things are going, you know, good, how do I get them to go better? Or when things are going bad, how do I get them to go, you know, good at least? Um, it was just absolutely priceless, uh, you know, worth the price of a mission every single time with the networks that I was able to make there. Oh, absolutely. Um, we had a, you know, we had a, I had an end goal when I would go to a conference. Um, you know, Greg wanted me to talk to, you know, 10 people that I had never talked to before or five people I had never, I had never met before. And I, I'm the one I can, I can pretty much talk to anyone. Um, but I always went with one thing in mind that I, that I wanted to pick up and I'm going to go back to the spin to win wheel and the Plinko board. So I had talked, Tony had introduced me to Megan via email and Megan and I had talked on the phone. She gave me like an hour a week um, of her own time. And to this day, I cannot thank her enough for giving me that hour a week. She really helped um, a develop me to be able to go out and, and get that lead. So I was hearing, you know, on these webinars that, that we would do, I was hearing or Greg would come back and say, well, I talked to X, Y, and Z and they went to um, the fair and they brought back X amount of leads and um, or contest entries. And um, I don't understand, you know, you know, what can we, what can we do? And I went to that event and I think it might've been in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm not, I'm, I'm pretty sure it might've been in Cleveland and Megan spoke and she brought these two young guys with her and they did the scripting on how to engage somebody with the Plinko board and the spin to win wheel. And I was so excited that, that something as little as the spin to win wheel and the Plinko board could engage someone. Before I even got on the plane, I had a spin to win wheel ordered. I had a fair the next weekend. I took, it was a balloon festival. I will never forget it. I took that spin to wheel. I got cheap prizes cost pennies maybe a hundred dollars in prizes beads and just little things we took that spin to win and it was 105 degrees outside there were hot air balloons up in the air we were sweating i bet you we talked to three thousand people we walked away with well, maybe 150 or 200 raw leads and appointments and we had a goal i mean the goal was like i don't know 50 appointments and maybe 150 raw leads we ran out of prizes it was it was the best thing and i thought all because i made a connection with someone who lived in michigan i didn't know had spoke to on the phone for almost a whole entire year before i met and i bought a 65 dollars spin the wind wheel and that was the biggest lesson. Think outside of the box. You do not have to stay inside the box. Get something to engage, 
continue scripting, use your same script that you would use, but engage them in a different way. If you engage, people will talk, they will come, they will listen, they want free. And that's what you have to do. You have to serve and not sell. Absolutely. And you're kind of bringing up a, a different point there that you didn't really touch on that I'd like to talk about, though, with doing that spin to win. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons why I feel that it works well, it works out well, because when you engage right and you use any one of those types of games or tools to do that, uh, they work. But other than that is, you know, I could just tell just kind of how in, inflated your voice got there when we we're talking <laughs> about it and, and stuff is it got you excited. Um, and oh. when I look back in my career, at the times that I had a lot of growth and did really good things is when I got, you know, passionate and excited about them and then transferred that excitement to my staff because then my staff would get excited about it. And a lot of times, you know, when I was changing up different engagement tools, it wasn't because the consumer needed a different way to be engaged. It was that my staff needed something to get excited about again because, you know, they handed a scratch out for the 10 millionth time and they just became the norm, you know, and then you switch over to a spin wheel and, it, and they never done it and it's awesome. And, and, you know, next thing you got, you know, a, a digital slot machine and you got, you know, a putt to win. You're doing all these different things. And that's what I said. You know, it's more important to switch it up for that excitement for your staff you know, than it is to necessarily for the consumer, because uh, if your staff is excited and exciting, then the customer can be excited about what we're doing also. Absolutely. And it's, it's being different, thinking out, thinking outside of the box. And that's one thing, if anybody who knows me and anybody who's talked to me or were, if we were doing this on a zoom and, and you could see my face, anybody who ever has always said to me, wow, you love your company. And I, I do, I do love the company that I work for, but most importantly, I love the fact that, um, the consumer, we're going to help them. And, and I believe in the company and the product. Um, so I, I want that to be reflected in my actions and the way I speak. And I want it also to be reflected in my staff. So when the excitement, you know, when you have a room full of um, new marketers that you're training and you're excited and you're, you know, jumping all around the room and I'm, I'm one to throw gift cards out. I mean, it might be a $5 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts or Starbucks, but it's giving them something um, to let them know that, you know, I appreciate them. You do the, you know, let's go through the script. And if you get it right, word for word, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to reward you. And, and that's what it's about. It's about following the system. It's about success. It's about setting goals and it's about believing in yourself, your company and the team. Um, so now that I, you know, events with, with COVID and, not so, you know, I'm still the lead generate lead generation specialist for the company. I watch all the leads that come in through the website. I track them to see where they're going. I listen to the calls to make sure that the, um, the call center, you know, that they're still on script and everything. But um, I've been given a new co-title or starting up title, or I guess it's a, a new beginning, and that's company recruiter. The company is growing at a fast pace, and I'm the recruiter and the onboarding specialist. So um, when you come into the company, you're, you're going you're gonna to find out what every department in the company does, and you're going to get a welcome. Welcome to Hurls. Um, I do a handwritten little card that says, welcome to the team. It's great to have you. Today, lunch is on us. 
put a $10 little gift card in the handwritten note, um, a notepad, you get your hurls gear, you get your, your t-shirts, your sweatshirts, your beanie, and all that's waiting for you when you come into the training room for your orientation to hear about the company. And um, that's something that we've never had before and was never put into place. And it's a heck of a lot better than giving somebody a blue binder <laughs> that says, are you a talented talker? Yeah. Yeah. Growth and, and steps. I, I can remember, um, you know, back in an earlier podcast talking with Chris Williamson, uh, one of the other consultants uh, with us at Tony Hody uh, about recruiting. You know, that's one of the biggest questions we still get. You know, how do you recruit? So I, I look at you going to, into that position and taking a hold of that is, is a huge deal because uh, every company struggles with it. And so, um, you know, onboarding, I, I know of companies that they hire somebody and there's not even a person there to interview them. And, and then they get hired and they come in and they sit there for three days with nothing to do because there isn't no one there to train them. They don't have an onboarding program put together. Um, and so I think for the listeners, what you just talked about a little bit there on the growth of things that you learned that, you know, how do I make my company, you know, better so I can continue to grow also is, you know, onboarding a new employee can make all the difference when they come in on a positive environment, when everything they need is ready to go, you know, the more positive and professional we can make the position look, I think that translates to them wanting to learn the system and, and go out and truly serve, not sell somebody like you're talking about, because you just serve them essentially. I mean, something as little, like you just said, that $10 gift card that says, Hey, welcome to the team. You know, your lunch is on us today. Uh, that's a huge deal that pays dividends for people, you know, turnover rate, uh, and all those things. So, uh, you know, of everything you brought up today, that's a great little nugget. I think that the listener can take away from is, is take a look at how you're onboarding, uh, you know, new hires. What does that look like? And, and how can you better that uh, to help employee turnover and create a more positive environment for your reps? Well, Tracy, uh, kind of brings us to the last segment today, Power's Powerful Point. Uh, instead of just asking what powerful point do you have, I kind of want to make it a more pointed question um, because I get asked this a lot when I you know, coach new people and things like that. Uh, if you were to mentor a new person coming into this business that has never done home improvements before, and they were to ask you, Tracy, what does it take to become one of the best in this business? on the lead generation side, what would you tell them? I would say that sticking to the playbook is extremely crucial for your success. And by that, you need to um, surround yourself with people in the industry. You need to attend those conferences. You need to find a mentor. You need to own the trade and the craft, um, your processes and your systems that your company has had you need to be able to recite it in your sleep, do it front to back, top to bottom. You need to do what you do and say what you say. Success is measured by the obstacles that you choose to overcome. And that's awesome and, and great, powerful point to, to really get somebody up and running. I hope uh, this podcast really resonates with a lot of people. Uh, you know, I thank you so much for 
all the different points that we talked about um, and, and really how someone can grow in this business. And uh, Tracy, I'm honored to, to have been part of uh, your growth uh, in your business. Uh, and I, I look forward to seeing uh, what this next year and beyond brings for you as you can continue to grow and, and move uh, hurls in a certain direction and help them out as well as, as your personal growth. It's exciting for me to see that. So I thank you very much for being on the show today. Thank you, Kyle. I, I greatly appreciate it. And I do appreciate um, the help from everyone that I've had in the industry. Um, it was a, there's been a lot of tears, but I, but I can say that it's all been worth it. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Lead Gen Leaders Podcast. For a free consultation, on how Tony Hody Training and Consulting can assist with your home remodeling business, please visit TonyHody.com. That's T-O-N-Y-H-O-T-Y.com. Thank you for listening.